Diablo Bang. Please rise, please rise. Be seated, be seated onto a couch with a tasteful afghan. Oh, perfect. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Cuz we live in the a post-Roseanne world, a post-post-Roseanne world. It's really 1984 back again. Was it on in 84? I don't remember. I don't 94? Casey, did you have a good yes. night? Court? Boom, switched it hey, on you. Hey, baby, you didn't even With- see that coming. You thought we were going to talk about Roseanne for two hours. <laughs> no, we will. We will. <laughs> uh- we're not going to bury the lead on that. We're coming back to it. But uh, we're back, baby, back for a have a good night court. Some of us had a better night court than others. Ooh, long night court for y'all? Long uh, night court? court? I not think long this- night court? South this Ford? 22 minutes Inside. was the longest of Ashley's life. Ooh, I just, like, this will be interesting. So you guys have to record night court, but you also have to do jerk practice at a night. And Casey was like, do you want, just want to start with jerk practice? So Because Harvey's a little antsy. I was like, no, I literally have very little to say. So when she bells out, yeah, It's just it. two thumbs uh, way up. Yeah, so when Harvey gets one antsy, it's going to be <laughs> one of those things where I'm just like, can't be here. Sorry. A lot of raspberries from this one. On the mic, Cranky D.A. Ash Van G. (laughs) Sitting next to her, we got Judge Case Van V. I got a couple gags in... Oh, yeah. Bull's back, baby. Harry's back. Are they, though? And unfortunately... Are they? I thought they were used well this episode. Cool, let's get into it. Start it now. Uh, Well, because I would say, okay, we're in it. It's a hooker episode. It's I that so you guys know me. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows me. Y'all know me. Y'all, Y'all know, know me. how I get living. <laughs> Y'all know me how I like my TV full of hookers. <laughs> oh, um, right. No, but uh, it was uh, not overly bull. But we start with bull. We start in the old uh, cafeteria. We sure do for season three, episode three. Dad's oh, that's first true. Yeah. Date. Ooh, dad's first date. Soft spot for us dads out there. We got a dad, daughter dynamic, and maybe we throw in a little bit of George Costanza's mom. That's my description. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Holy shit. It's the best. (laughs) Again, another actress that's like, she's been 85 years old (laughs) for 35 years. No, I will say Casey was like, it's Costanza's mom. And I was like, no, it's not. That bitch wasn't that old. Oh, my God, it is. I was like, she perpetually looked that age for since oh, yeah. she was this 25. Is a, this is a fetishist special episode. Yes. Because if you've ever been horny for George Costanza's mom, you've never seen her slightly younger, but in hooker clothes. Easy, Mary. <laughs> Or easy Annie, I forget which. We'll get to it. Um, uh, yeah, but take me to the cafeteria, baby. So yeah, we start in the cafeteria, and the the crew's all there, and then uh, we see a, a a large older man come up behind our new freshly minted DA, Christine, and he puts his hands on her. Oh yeah. And if we know one thing about Night Court, don't put your hands on the talent, because here comes Bull, baby. 
Oh, and yeah. he doesn't put his hands on her suggestively. It's a, like an over-the-eye, like, guess who? But well, then as- Bull goes in like a bulldog. And it's just like... Or a bull bull. You get away. Bull just bull. charging in. Just punch him in the gut. Drop his <laughs> pants. I don't think that was... I think that was King Hippo. Uh, and then... Uh, Marky Post turns around and goes, Daddy! Which oh, we've seen of- her and her dad before. Remember that? What? That's true. In the first episode with her, it had season, to do with her dad as season well. Season one or I did not record two. that one with you guys. Oh, oh yeah, shit. was oh, that a just that a two hander? PDA, PDA, public display. No, I just think so. Ashley I never court? saw that episode. Well, that explains your demeanor. Oh yeah, it doesn't. It's a horrible episode. Continue. It, well, yeah, <laughs> it you don't, you to don't do with need that. it. They do allude to it once, but there was a previous episode. Go back but and listen. Did you? It was it the same actor? It was the same actor. She was That's kind of cool. She was in for one episode, and the quick synopsis of the episode is basically she's new to the court. She's new to this dynamic, and her dad is super proud of her, and he's overbearing. Right. So yes. he's like speaking up while she's in court, and then he's hanging out in the gallery. Concludes- but not, but and to clarify, not Marky Post. Like I know that Marky posted episode. The actor that played the father was the same guy. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. So it was both of them, and then it concludes with him realizing that he has to let his baby girl go, and then oh, Harry right. does some card trick out of his goddamn. Because that was the height of the Kaiser he Hooker, the Kaiser Harry. Yeah. I it think he holds the father in contempt. Both of them. Right? It yes, does. It, was. it yes. does make more sense because in this episode, obviously, we'll get to it. I did not have knowledge of that previous. I knew Marky Post was in it. I had no idea it was her and her father dynamic as well. I'm coming over right there. Um, but that makes a lot more sense of why he doesn't necessarily like the father doesn't like the gang of Night Court. Yeah, yeah. Particularly Harry, which right. I will say I may a culpa that because as we continue this episode, I was like, what the fuck problem do you have with these people? You're on trial well christine's dad should be the fourth seat on this podcast because he's got a lot of problems with the way this court is run you know what i'd never thought i'd say it ellen foley should be the fucking fourth person on this podcast because you heard it here first you heard it here first apologist i'm an apologist i know where everyone's ellen everyone's ellen foley we were watching it, and I just kept going, I'm such an asshole to Ellen Foley. I'm just such an asshole. If she I had the money and we actually had a following of Night Court <laughs> followers, <laughs> I would make a uh, Have a Good Night Court short crossed in with the pig episode of Twilight Zone in which everybody has a Ellen Foley face, and then they unwrap the bandage, and she has a Marky Post face. She's the worst <laughs> actress ever. No, and then so pans God... over to Selma, and she's just like a floating head. Before we go into the episode, God's <laughs> honest truth: Casey and I were just—we just took Harvey back to New York City, and we were talking to one of our friends who is an artist, and Casey does uh, comic projects with, and we were just like, 
it was somewhere where it was just him and I together. And I was just, he was like, so what are you up to? Like, I'm doing this work with Casey. I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, Casey's doing podcasts still. I actually do one of them with him. I was like, have you ever heard Have a Good Night Court? Uh-huh. Long pause. Blank stare. Yeah, I listened to one episode. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. And I went, which one? And he went, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, no. Shot across the bow, I guess. And I was like, I am now Ellen Foley. Like, I feel like oh, Ellen we're all Foley. Ellen Foley. I guess, yeah, we're all, <laughs> there's the no meatloaf in the world. It fucking was fucking own server. Meatloaf like, is going yeah, to corner one. us in a ah. dressing room. <laughs> I listened to one. Did he watch the episode? I doubt it. Yes. Yeah, he couldn't follow along. <laughs> yeah. How dare he? I'm calling him out right here when I'm he finally gets him. to season three, episode three of Night Court because he's Please been sentenced to prison. It's Josh Server. And the he's only entertainment available is Have a Good Night oh, Court. He'll pick this one out. Yeah, I'll pick this one. His ears are burning. You're going to call me out? He has a Google alert whenever his name comes up. He's going to start his own Night Court podcast. Uh, you need court to night. send me... A link to his Facebook page so I can <laughs> tag him to every Night Court episode from here on out. Yeah, I listened to one. That was like, cool. It was, yeah, uh, that's the, 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 <laughs> at that birthday party, where we convinced everyone he was, uh, Mona's grandson. Mona's son. He still lives that's in New York? Yeah. Of course yeah. he moved. said that. I was wondering who would be so... Callous and uh, hurtful to sexy Mona's face. That makes. Is he the one who swallowed a razor blade? Right. (laughs) Yes. 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 What? Oh, makes perfect sense. (laughs) We went to a dollar store and uh, server swallowed a razor blade. He thought he did, but as a a good roommate, we convinced him like he had to have. It's the only option. he bought as, as good roommates are hol- want to he, do. He bought a Halloween like skeleton chalice, but yeah. for whatever reason, he would. We had our these razor blades that we would use to cut and mount all of our art final projects for exacto, classes. Exacto blade, right? Exacto blades, yeah. So he, for whatever reason, would keep his. He, he kept an exacto blade in there, but then also to like make a point one night was drinking out of it. Yeah. To be a jerk. And he was like, I don't remember if I took the blade out of this glass. So if we just like, he convinced himself he drank a razor blade. And it was perfect because it was out of a plastic Halloween skull chalice. Which, of course, you're like, "Uh, yep, it just floated perfectly in the center of that stream right down. Didn't feel anything. (laughs) Nothing. It's just cutting around my insides. Because it was so sharp, you didn't feel anything. You couldn't, wouldn't feel a thing. I'm gonna send him also that uh, that uh, like a short clip from that clip from Oz where they've been feeding the guy the crushed glass oh, for like a week, and all of a sudden he just starts bleeding out of every one of his pores. Go remember that razor blade? Listen to season three, episode three. Uh, so yeah, he thought he swallowed a exacto blade. I did not know that. That's amazing. I'd forgotten all about it. Soon as, Anyways, soon as this ep- we'll dedicate this episode. I will say that his response to our podcast was my response to this episode. Well, well there don't, you go. Don't so sell fitting. us short. 
just just remind me of his name so I can also name this episode. Listen to this one. (laughs) Insert name. (laughs) You stinker. Uh, God. Let's see. Um, All right, let's look back at the notes. Back to the cafeteria. For those of the ravenous followers that we have also not insulted. Of course, we did do a pan, a real quick note. We have panned over the cafeteria, to which the only specific note I put on is, is that Harry shining a goddamn clown nose? Yep. Which pays off because, (laughs) after Bull puts a... Like a New York City style chokehold on Christine's dad. Right. Uh, Harry's just like, hey, everybody, calm down. And he's got a glowing Rudolph nose. That is, of course, there wasn't like, I know we like Dan's sexy wiles, especially Miss uh, Miss Ash Van Garen. I know we love how horny Dan is, but it's unsettling oh, when it becomes incestual. Opt- optimum horny this episode. It is. Pro- Optimus Prime must horny. Apex Predator style um, horny. I'm not being argumentative, but do you really think so? First line, she gets a quick smooch from her dad and he goes, don't waste your saliva on a relative. Good, don't <laughs> waste good saliva on a relative. No, I would say like he he has been horny in the past. They I don't made think a that's joke. a horny, lorny line. I think it's weird when a grown... It's a horny, lorny line? <laughs> that's not... No, what kind I... of line is that? No, Jenny Whitley, don't just... I Criminal think he was... It's so horny. I Criminally think... horny. As a They're person... They're putting Harvey Weinstein in the who's cow for less. As a person who was really <laughs> insanely best friendly close with her father, they're weird. But we're not talking about your relationship to no, your dad. No, but what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't watching think, you going. I don't think don't Dan was literally kiss. saying that. I think Dan was commenting on them. Are you saying Less that Tom so Brady grabbing his son's butt cheeks lorny. and pulling him closer is weird? <sighs> Two kisses. That was weird. That was weird. That was. I would say this level that Tom Brady. No, no, no. Well, another man massages me for is pay. That all you got. Then I give you give daddy two kisses. Okay, so going going to the Tom Brady thing when his son kissed him the first time, I'm like, that's what they yeah, do. Sure. I don't find yeah. that weird. I don't either. I do find weird the fact massage therapist or not involved to be like, that's all you got. Oof! I know that. That's line. That's, that's all weird. you got. The massage therapist didn't say it. Did he? Brady said it. No, no, Brady said it. So what I'm saying is, for me, it's not the fact that the massage therapist was there. Because for rich people, that's just someone that's always there. That's that's weird for us. But for someone that grows up in that capacity, like those type of people are always around and in the yeah. room for personal things. So I don't find that weird. I, don't yeah. I think the kid handled I it find with a plan. The camera saying, panned out and the old massage therapist I don't find the first kiss weird. I don't find the first kiss weird. No. I find the, is that all you got? If you really want it, give it type comment Ugh. from Brady. That was weird. I didn't even really find the second kiss weird had he not commissioned it. it, it he did commission it, though. No, That's I know. That's the only That's reason it happened, bizarre. which is why it's weird. Like, it's you like, know. my dad had, has never solicited my an dad extra kiss gives from me. me. Your dad has never solicited a kiss from your mother. Like, that's different. Your dad, your dad's no, different. But that's the thing. That's like, a Midwestern, I don't have feelings, her, at least. dad. 
But like a kiss on the cheek, but like, no, no, you ain't done yet. <laughs> like every, there is so much weirdness in that whole like vignette. So the fact that he's getting a full, full on, full on body rub massage. Yeah. And, like, I think his son passes through. I get it. Like for normal people, that's what it Leland reading the paper and you're passing by. He's yeah. like, give your old man a peck on the cheek. Except you're getting a full Swedish rub down, and you're like, oh, you ain't finished yet. But also, had it been- What's that? Oh, no, I was rolling my eyes at Casey, not you. You can continue. Well, I was just saying, had it been me, and I went and I said, hey, Dad, can I play my video game? He said, what do I get? I'd say, well, I'm never playing video games again, so don't answer answer your own question. I don't, yeah, I don't think- I'm going to go play Jax. I think a normal plebe looks at the massage therapist aspect is a more creepy aspect. Did you say and plebe? I, just think, I said plebe. But but I think for rich people, that just is what it is. So it's like you playing a video game. Like sure. It's, so I don't think... I'm just saying it adds another another fun level of weirdness I to an already like, very weird scenario. You are a new father. Hans is about to be a new father. We have a girl. We don't know what you know what Hans is going to have. Nor does it matter particularly. Like I would hate that you as fathers feel that it's weird to kiss your children, male I don't. or female. No, I wouldn't think so. No, exactly. So I think the first kiss needs to be left alone. The oh, totally. Sec- the second kiss. Like needs to be the one that's talk talked about. No, the first kiss, and is- that's not because it was longer or whatever, or because it was a son and a father. It was because it was like pimped out in a weird way. And it, no, for that me, what creeps me out you. is the weird. Yeah, that was a pimp out, like sort of self awareness. The extra kiss she's, she's was for the, the camera. She's eating the right, right, well, yeah, right. The, like, like the extra me. kiss was like. Like, for me, it was like, who cares? You peck on the cheek, it's your kid. You fucking swat him. He's like, get out of here, you scamp. But, like, he was like, that kiss wasn't good enough for the camera. It's not a Brady kiss. It's not a Super Bowl kiss. Yeah. I didn't touch no Super Bowl with a kiss like that. That shit, Scar. There, I, I don't even know. I was going to kindergarten, and I have a kiss that still scars me. And it wasn't a Leland. It was my mom. <laughs> was it a Leland? And she gave me, a, I gave her a kiss before I was going to kindergarten. So it was like a peck on the lips. And I said, no, we need to do a soap opera kiss. Oh, Jesus. And what? so, yeah, and it's still in my brain forever. And what I equate a soap opera kiss was just a kiss on the lips. And then you moved your head left and right. Yeah. But that's all it took for me to <laughs> cringe in showers for the rest of my life. Because you're like, I solicited that kiss, yeah. I might have been wearing pantyhose at the time, too. I don't remember. <laughs> Over and your face. And an athletics jacket, one of those silky ones. <laughs> Wish I still had that jacket. Um, uh, are we so back to- still on Night Court? Yes, we are. Because we had talked about Dan's line about why why waste <laughs> such good saliva on relatives. Right. Oh, yeah, because I was saying... And I could be totally wrong. I understand what you guys are saying now, but at the time, I didn't find it as him being creepy. Like, literally, don't waste your saliva. I thought it was just, like, more of a comment of, like, stop kissing your dad like that. Like, don't waste that saliva on relatives. More of a a comment on their relationship than a horny, lorny comment. 
I could take it. I understand how you guys take it. Like, I don't disagree, but that I didn't find it to be horny. (laughs) We take our tea extra horny. (laughs) Can I get an extra pinch of horny in here? So then, well, that's my next note. Well, since we're talking about horny Dan. So, yeah, Christine's dad's back in town because she's now the uh, ADA. Yep. Uh, They have that exchange where they have a, a. Tom Brady-esque kiss with each other. And Dan's like, oh, no. But we find out that the reason Christine's dad's back in town is because he's Tomcatting, baby. Oh, yeah. He's been been eight years, eight years dry, eight years without a lady, eight years dry, which I guess feeds into the previous note because Dan is flabbergasted. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted that Dan is flabbergasted. Um, we're going to start again. What? No, because Dan makes a point like eight years. He's so shocked. Yeah. Years. But her dad's an old man. Like, at what point are you just like, fucking sex is too much work. He's living prime life. There's time now. He doesn't have to worry about sex. It's great. His wife's dead. Just watch Roseanne on TV do his thing. You guys are crazy. Like, what world are we in? What do you we, mean? We have a newborn. If we we go eight days, we're like, we've never had it. Like, yeah, oh, look at her. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Dan went heavy. It wasn't spread but it, but around. It's not, it's not like he said, I haven't had sex in eight weeks. He said eight years. Sure. What's the last time you guys have stopped having sex for eight years since the day you had it for the first time? Give me that. Yeah, eight but we're not nine yeah, no, years old. Bullshit. We're not kissing our daughters. That on the lip, like Brady. That's but that's so ageist. Like no, it's not eight ageist. years is so long. That was the fucking point. Is that he belabored the point so much? That's my note. Is that Dan was flabbergasted? It's not, it's not Hans's point. Like I understand. Do we not understand why Dan is flab- flabbergasted? Though I'm being a bit argumentative. Yeah, like Hans literally, you may not have been listening. Hans literally was just like, give the guy eight years. Like, give him the rest of his life. Living sweetness life. Neither of you have gotten eight years. I'm I'm not saying it's an envious situation to be in. The first eight years of your life, yeah. But the motherfucker's a widower. Like, why would I, like, get in his face about, like, you haven't had sex in eight years, you fucking douche? No wonder your wife died. Because her wife only died two years ago. But that's also not what. Why am I have to just be a Dan apologist for the worst episode of Night Court I've ever seen in my life? They, what? I, they, they were really hammy with the Dan Horny stuff. They I were, agree. but also, like, you guys are, if it would have been any other character or any other episode, you would have been like, this guy hasn't gotten laid in eight years? Crazy. Casey, can you get to the wizard and get your wife a heart, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, no shit. That's my next note is like... <laughs> The two heart gag, the Wizard of Oz and old balls. <laughs> Break it down. I don't have a comprehensive enough note. Uh, uh, so they make a balls? joke like, oh, should I have fucking climbed on fucking flow for making like, oh, if he's going out on a date, he's going to need an extra heart because his old heart's going to shit on him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they're saying after eight years, he's all rusted out like the Tin Man. First yeah, of all, he, his and then heart it's a callback joke. So he'll need he'll need more hearts because he doesn't know how to fuck. I think he or does he know, need an he extra knows heart how, though. But... When that ba- when that 
woman comes into the cafeteria. <laughs> She's yeah. like the most beautiful woman we've seen on Night Court in three seasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. So we're burying the lead. beautiful. But Christine's dad says, oh, I'm going on a date after eight year an eight-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been with a woman in eight years. Uh, and then they're like, you know, you're you're to expect, a, you know, like oh, a woman of his age, a, uh, and then just like a a hot '80s lady walks in, and everyone's like, goo 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 goo. I wouldn't even say she. I wouldn't even categorize her in the '80s. Like I take it back. Last episode, I said all '80s people are ugly. Yeah, I think she's a time traveler. Yeah, she's timeless. I would say she looks like a. Did anybody not get a dark haired Bridget Nielsen? Mm, yeah. Are yeah. The. The. Like, so Red Sonia? Yeah. Yeah, no, I just thought because she was. She's a very beautiful woman, but also a larger build with the short hair, a pretty, like, contemporary hairstyle, especially for the 80s, but even for now. She have reminded you, me, like, oh, I think she was beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not arguing. I'm like, but I'm saying that's like yeah. that badassery yeah. look of oh, the no. 80s is what. Very it, tall. Like she had the short haircut. Yeah. She reminded me of Daniel LaRusso's mom from Karate Kid. But like. And that's with also Brigitte Tony Nielsen. Danza's mom, I think, from Who's the Boss? I, I don't. Oh, I, don't wasn't know, I don't know the reference. Tony Danza's mom. They're the oh, same age. Okay. <laughs> no, that is. That's, his, that's, that's why I was like, I, I don't think know. it I is. Know what I At least <laughs> I didn't fall for it and go like, I know, right? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, of my Tony was young in that show. <laughs> Real young. <laughs> He's older than his mom. That's that's the that's the that's the catch of the show. I got an idea for a show. <laughs> It's a guy who's a butler to a waitress. Was she a waitress? <laughs> a butler and a waitress <laughs> meet up. They both have two kids, and the butler's older than his mom. <laughs> oh God, that's that. That's a sitcom, baby. <laughs> that's good. It's got to fill the spot after Roseanne. Young old wait <laughs> butler to his mom. No, he's older than his mom. He's a butler to the waitress. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's kind of like lost. You kind of got to get into it first. And their asexual uncle lives in the basement. It's like a contract <laughs> contrast. To- <laughs> Mona lived over the garage. She did. That was a big trope in the 80s. Garage apartments. Over the garage. Yeah. Mike Seaver, sexy Mona. Oh, I don't know who else was in the garage. Uh, someone in Let just go. the ten of us. Ooh, nice pull. Don't I feel like Cody. Eighty. Well, he was in a van. He was in. Cody a knows karate. Probably lived above. above Could have been parked garage. in a garage. He parked it in a garage and kept the motor running when he wanted to get high. <laughs> he slept on top of the van in the garage. So just, kind of, you lived above the garage. I, again, I would love to. To intersect Cody from uh, Step by Step in the scene of uh, Blue Velvet, where Cody's putting oh. on the mask, and, and Dean Stockwell's singing to him. One of the all-time great well, scenes. Here's a funny aside. It wasn't until they made the movie in the original script for Blue Velvet. Yeah. 
don't know if you heard this. The way David Lynch had written it, he was supposed to just take helium. Okay. So it, it he wouldn't have gotten high. It just would have been like, fuck me, fuck me. Like done the same lines that Dennis Hopper does, but like with a helium voice. And then when Dennis Hopper was on the set and was like, yeah, I get that that's really weird and fucked up, but I was like, I've done some shit. Uh, you should just use amyl nitrate. And David Lynch was like, okay, whatever. Like, you've I mean, lived he- your life. But in the script, it was supposed to be helium. So he was like sniffing her robe, but like then just like taking a toot of helium. <laughs> what? Like, obviously that wasn't... he. Do you think Dennis Hopper was actually inhaling? Like, uh... No, he just was like, hey, like, I've lived i've done a lot of drugs you should use this drug instead because it's going what you're like visually what you're going for but also not insane i think he that was probably dennis hopper was probably crafty enough to you to explain it that way because when they did the first as dark as it is and that's dark with the helium like the first take i have a feeling everybody on the set was like I had to leave super quick to take yeah. care of the baby. But what I will say in this cafeteria scene, which I did not see in the last two episodes. We are, yes. Not impressed with Marky Post. Ooh. Actually not a fan. And I said it while we were watching it. Like, again, yeah. had a crying baby. May not have been the best time to watch it. She just got her shots. But I. She got her shots and you got your shot at night court. I just think there's a lot of overacting. Now in this you're episode. autistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Post is definitely autistic. I can't even. You have a Lacroix. There you go. go. Uh, speaking of autism, where are we on the spectrum of Night Court? We are. Uh, I mean, I looked over as though I. Well, I guess that's too spicy. But I had a bit of a panic attack because we are over our usual 20-minute marker before the credits. Yeah, oof, We're yeah. at a hot 30. Well, we had a couple of sides. A Just few one or two. non-sequiturs. Yeah. We threw we threw the gauntlet at a, at a one-time listener. A challenge he'll never hear. Oh, he will. He will. <laughs> um, all right, let's hit uh, credits. So let's just go to the uh, intro. Opening, yeah. opening credits. And we come back to the first case, which is classic, uh, right in the middle of the case, right at judgment. Yep. It's this old lady who gets either, I think just gets a fine or s- suspended sentence. From what my notes indicate, her name is Miss Longo. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's brought before the court <laughs> because she used a lead cane. To beat her way into a Bruce Springsteen concert. She wanted Bruce Springsteen tickets. I <laughs> Oh, man. Unacceptable. So, so a lead pipe abuse, but it's fine because she's an old white lady. I, yes. And it's the Bruce. Yes. It's Bruce, baby. It's the um, Caucasian American power dynamic. Oh, the bit of gender the- reversal sprinkled in. Um, runs through the whole episode yeah. <laughs> right but but as we're going through the case we're getting like a psst, psst, psst. so christine is forced to as the 
everyone in the court is forced to look, and it's her dad hooting and hollering from the gallows, because hissing, hissing and yep. swishing. I need you need to tie my tie for me. I can't do it. I can't bow tie, tie my own necktie. Because he's wearing tie, a tuxedo true, yeah. to his date. Little classic, little dumb and dumbery, but. Uh, um, so yeah, and she's like, "Why?" Christine's like, "Why wear a tuxedo?" And her dad's response was like, "Well, like you know, your mom loved it." And Christine's like, "You're not going out with mama." Uh, and then there's a lot of sexual Dan pops in and is like, "Go for the gold, bro!" Like he appreciates the like, dress up, yeah, do it, do it, go all the way. To which, and then it shifts to the innuendo. Where There's a, yeah. he's like, oh, I don't think so tonight. And basically, I wish Ash was here because it go keeps going with that weird uh, yeah. father-child relationship. Because she's like, daddy, it's just like riding a riding bike. a bike. You just get back on. You and go you ahead and... that bike wheel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, uh, so to which his response was like, someone says a not a 10 speed. Because she's like a babe. She's, she's a babe. A babe. He's a turd. <laughs> oh man. Um, maybe I maybe I am on the spectrum because every time I see him, I know it's not the grandfather from Harry and the Hendersons, but he looks but, slightly yeah. like him. <laughs> so so all like, oh. so every every two minutes, I'm like, should I watch Harry and the Hendersons next? I'm like, no, all right. I I'm watching can't the show. put my finger. I think he's on like police squad or one of the he's like a naked gun yes yeah like i sure. couldn't put my finger i didn't do the research so i don't you know, don't have so to because literally we've already done it and forgotten it i know yeah. we did, we did the it the first time so reference episode before that we all forgot about yeah yeah go back to and then one. just play the entire episode right now and, and then we're back and you're back yeah perfect <laughs> perfect actually don't worry about it i'll insert that episode and this will be a four hour long episode uh, and then I have a note because we're in the courtroom and Ashley, as she just voiced, was not a fan of Marky Post this episode. Yeah. Not a fan of her acting, but also not a fan of her getup because she's got like a, a power suit, a lady's power suit that looks like a couch. I Oh, my God. I, from I, the I... 90s. Ooh, so time I, traveling. Yeah. So she's got this like odd stonewashed pastel suit oh she's back don't be don't be talking power suits without uh without, without the, the da and the guilty guilty of power suit um so i i don't think this is marky post's fault but i think it lends it to less credibility Let's go back to season one, Liz, like a baller ass power suit. It may have had 80 shoulder pads, maybe an 80 style, but a power color. But Murky Post is literally wearing a Sally Mae Ruffle and an Emily Post camo couch suit. Emily, like Emily Post is the uh, etiquette person? Yeah. And Sally Mae is the loan people? No, the makeup people. Okay. Maybelline? I no. thought she, maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she looked good. Oh, she did not. 
clearly someone's on the side of Marky Post and someone's on the side of the old man. No, I don't think it's Marky. <laughs> I don't think it's Marky Post's fault. Of course, like Did Harry like, Dresser what, in her sleep. <laughs> no, but I also I genuinely think, like I just said with Liz, if you put a woman in a better suit, we're obviously looking back on the eighties. Nothing is going to be something that. I would wear that Meg would wear that you know anybody I know would wear I understand that but don't you also think that it lessens the credibility when they look like a moron but everybody looked like a moron in the 80s that suit is different Mac doesn't look like a moron. I she had know. a little ties she are had a little, little sometimes. She had a brooch. Like it was a no, sparkle was... brooch on a pink ruffle shirt under that suit. Was she Johnny it's Weir? A... No, you guys are right. It's not Sally Mae. <laughs> she had a Joanne yeah. Fabrics. Mary Kay. Mary Kay, that sure. Mary Kay. Right around that carnation pink Cadillac yes. going to Lutheran our Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer. Inside. Deeply inside. Um, um okay so, so that was my note she's unsettled i literally i was i was taking care of the baby because she was unhappy but uh, i i literally screamed to casey if you don't write down what she's wearing right now i'm gonna kill you so we have to speaking of wearing outfit shame we're outfit shaming you don't need to outfit shame anybody from the next case oh, oh right yeah, yeah you're right because they don't best part of the episode in my opinion Oh, all right. Let's. All right. I like it. I like it. You're you're big into clothing this episode. Um, so so yeah, ne- we we have a comment. We uh, we realized uh, time has passed. Yep. From when we have last seen the the crew, because Christine is worried about her dad. She hasn't seen her dad in a day since oh, yes. he went out on the date. So there's a, a funny exchange where they're all up at the desk. And they're like, uh, maybe he's dead. Maybe it was an accident. And then Harry goes, maybe he got lucky. Someone Sorry, had to say I... it. Yeah, someone had to say it. I thought that was a good joke. I thought it was too. That's why I wrote it down. Oh yeah, you know what? He didn't say. He didn't say someone had to say it. He's like, would you rather have heard it from Dan? Yes. Yeah. No, I thought it was a really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pulled off really great, and it wasn't Harry going like. Mm. No, I thought because Dan would have said something like. Maybe he finally slept with someone other than his daughter last night. <laughs> Again, <laughs> we agree to disagree. They laid it on thick with Dan. But I do think that Harry pulled off a potentially icky joke really well. Like, it works. Yeah. There's nothing icky about this guy getting laid. I don't like their connotation for this is. I don't think there's anything icky about someone getting laid either. I just think. What if he has an STD? Oh, it's, he he's got. He super went to high diarrhea. school with hookers. Oh, oh my god! Tell him about the super. Diarrhea. You tell him. You told me. I've... I'm not. It has nothing to do with it. No bearing on this. Use it for a jerk. Uh, there's a super gonorrhea floating around so. that no one yes. can treat. No one can treat. Untreatable. So it's it beats the big one, huh? Yeah. Is gonorrhea What's... deadly? Or is it just yes. ugly? It is if it's not because <laughs> if it, it's super. It used to not be because it was treatable. Now it's not, so it's like the clap again. Like no, but I yeah, mean, if you had gonorrhea, if you had the classic gonorrhea and you didn't treat it, would it eventually? Would you eventually succumb to some type of madness? If you had the goner, would you uh, be a goner? Yes. I don't, to tell you the truth, I don't know about the treatable. <laughs> I know what they've said from the super gonorrhea is that it equivalates syphilis. So 
Yeah, Ooh. you can go mad. Oh, you fucking rot! Your face rots off. Is there some goddamn American prejudice rumor going around that super gonorrhea is when some guy went to Antarctica and screwed a rooster? <laughs> it's a British guy who went to Southeast Asia. <laughs> so kind of. <laughs> no, it's re- you're you're being serious. Yeah. Yeah. And had sex with a rooster. No, uh, oh. a Southeast Asian a woman, woman named Rooster or a man. <laughs> uh, that's but a good name for him. He's girl. one case, and then when they reported it to the CDC, like I guess it came out that there were two other cases in Hawaii. So technically, it is in the U.S., but only there are three cases that have been reported in the entire world: this one in Britain, and then the two in Hawaii. And it's a gonorrhea that no antibiotics are working. Like, in whatever capacity, like, they've tried mm-hmm. a different cocktail, they've tried it at a higher level, like, they've done everything, and so they have, like, quote-unquote, the BBC coined the name the Super Gonorrhea because they don't have a cure for it yet. And actually said it was just some fucking dumb dad who's been married forever and he then was, he was, took a fucking vacation where he cheated on his wife and got Super Gonorrhea. Yeah. He oh, was. God, I bet he had had one partner. He had had one partner for eleven years, and then went on a vacation to Southeast Asia and came back. And then they're like, they're like, we don't know how many cases in Southeast Asia exist because they don't submit their find like their medical findings like this. So then, in the UK, they submitted this one, and then they were like, oh, this is like very similar to a case in Hawaii that we haven't been able. To treat, and so then they kind of looked at the strains, and they're like, "It's a nearly identical strain. Like they're different strains, but nearly identical." And they're Kissing both cousins. They're oh, both God, immune God. to oh. current gonorrhea, uh, I guess treatments. So they're calling it super gonorrhea because they don't know how to get rid of it. That guy had one too many shots of cobra bile, and then had <laughs> sex with an open wound or something. Something horrendous. Imagine if you're the woman that was like, I was the 11-year one. I know. That's what it's so like, what is, super gonorrhea is horrific, but what is also well, horrific, because, it's just like, oh, you've been with yeah. this person for 11 years. No, but in accordance to like, you know, regulations, you have to submit all of your partners. So this poor woman has been like, I'm just, the other one. Just the winner. One. <sighs> Oh, God. Just Jeffrey. <laughs> no, Jeffrey. <laughs> like you said, he's a first grade teacher. Like, of course oh, yeah, he but is. No, they're, we're not joking. They're PE calling teacher. Well, here's the super gone. No more teaching swimming class for old Jeffrey. He's gone in 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ride. Gone, not baby, Jeffrey, gone. <laughs> it's not even a car movie. Up on the gondola. <laughs> but he's dead, right? <laughs> Push, based on the novel by Sapphire. <laughs> Ooh, nice. All right. Um, so, well, speaking of the super gonorrhea of super gonorrhea. podcasts. got there. Oh, yes. Naked. It's naked time, baby. Our second case of the show. People versus everybody in Gramercy building. Oh, that's an expensive building. 
but the case is brought to the court because it is a building full of n- nudists. Wait, no. Versus naturalists. Naturalists. So that's the difference. Nudists are the fools that go outside and get publicity. Naturalists just just as is. Oh, geez. Classic sitcom trope. Usually it's mm-hmm. in like one of those like... Um, you know, uh, what do you, uh, like, a like a sitcom, which is a family in the house and they always have some new neighbors in and they have young kids yeah. who are like, Whoa. so they're always, these are our neighbors. And then they invite the neighbors over for a dinner and the neighbors either show up naked or don't. It depends on the sitcom. I believe the term I have written down is buffski. In the buffski. That's what it's the, yeah, it's the Darba and Greg. Oh, was that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Of course, your neighbors are the naked. Yeah. Naturalist neighbors. Of course. So that's the case. It's indecency. We have a building full of naked people. Who's bringing them to court? A fucking wet blanket? Is there a guy specifically? I forget. Uh, it technically, is it the city of I New believe York or the case is the city versus people but versus. The people that have brought against are the people that formerly lived in the building. Right. Yeah. So the the OG tenants are like, why? I don't care if it's legal in this building. It's unruly for you to be free. Well, they yeah. went outside. That was the issue. They were fine to be yeah. inside, but they went outside. On the balcony. The on the I machine. don't believe yeah. they went on the street. They were on the balcony. And the other buildings as well, which are within the tenant agency, mm-hmm. had to witness them on their balcony. And the okay. the head of the Naturalist Society looks like the dude from Sopranos that plays the twins. Dudes what? from Sopranos that plays the twins. He they're twins, and it's like season three, okay. and he gets his his twin gets shot. Oh yeah! So he's gonna he's gonna go kill Tony, but he ends up pissing in the pool. That's right. That's right. I didn't think about what he who you write until right now, and that's the best I can do. That Can't works. Remember the character's name. Got the classic uh, kind of Irwin Darwin glasses kind of thing going on, as I recall. Just like class, like New York, New Yorky, New like Italian. Jewish, maybe a little Polak in maybe, there. Maybe, maybe German. Like he's a perfect like melting pot dude. He's the old melty pot. Yes. Um. So old melty pot is defending his building, and they're all they all kind of look like him. Like you'd expect for your classic. Like they all look like they're from Queens. New. Yes, exactly. They're all Queens, like old school, not like new, like oh, no. the people who live in Sunnyside now. The people who look, s- live in Sunnyside in the eighties. Right, right, exactly. They're all from Flushing. Yeah. Oh God, it's perfect. Just saying it, <laughs> Flushing. So they're all like Queens residents, except for one. Uh huh. Who is a babe? Yep. She's a she's an Upper West Side babe. She is. Um, she's like a cute, like I mean, she portrays a ditzy character, but she's like this yeah, like cute, classic blonde. blonde bimbo lady. And of course, she catches the eye of old. I I don't want to get ire for it, but right. fucking horny Dan swoops yeah. in and starts asking her, and she goes into a description of. Uh, Playing tennis. My note is hot, horny, naked tennis. Yeah, she's like. 
she's talks about how you talks about how you know it feels good playing tennis but she's like and then dan's like uh living on her every word and then she's like but you can't play tennis fully naked you gotta, you gotta have, have shoes. shoes on for suction 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 not I, grip uh, yeah what is this suction this this episode was written by an alien no, it really is, and that was, was like it's a funny description. But I was like, you suction for your shoes, like this is all to get Dan all hot and horny. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And by Absolutely. Dan, I mean myself. So let me think of. Oh yeah. So uh, the ruling is so we get to Harry's ruling before yeah. Dan has a goddamn uh, heart attack, and it's uh, finds him guilty. It's okay to mm-hmm. be naked in your house, but when you go outside. Keep Guilty. So yeah. he he dismisses them. Mac comes in. We haven't seen a lot of Mac. Mac comes in and nope. calls the next case. And it's... Um, Easy. Like yeah. Sunday morning. We get, we get a prostitute. <laughs> right. And anyone who is a TV nerd like us just screams, it's Mrs. Costanza. So my note was, it's Easy Costanza! Exclam- exclamation point. My note is... Easy Mary, George Costanza's mob, exclamation point. And yep. I don't think you have to be too nerdy. Seinfeld is a pretty big show. I think anytime yeah. you see her, you go, eh, Seinfeld's mom. Um, and she looks but, the exact, she she yeah. might even look older. Yeah, right. But, yeah. but, so um, it's George Costanza's mom dressed like a hooker. And we find, because she is a hooker. And her name is Easy Mary. And Mac is mm-hmm. like the state versus Easy Mary and... Insert name here. I forget his name. A.K.A. Christine's Christine's dad. Out lumbers old dad. And he just goes, what? I got caught with a hooker. To which, as Ashley pointed out, we found out the name of the new Selma. Her name is Flo. Because her real name's Florence. So Flo says, parents say the darndest things. Boom. Parents say the darn kids say the darndest things. Didn't we have a sketch like that? Yeah, it was that old Bill Cosby bit. His old show was Kids Say the Darndest Things. Yeah. Where he would just film kids talking sass. But we never performed this. I feel like this is old, old. This might be two man show material. This is proto like idea. We were like, this show's still on? Yeah. That shit show that show is still on, by the way. Except for now, kids are too talented, so it's a show hosted by Steve Harvey, and it's basically kids say the darndest things, but they only say the darndest things after they like so smart. juggle goddamn bicycles <laughs> or something. They juggle, they do something absolutely mind blowing, and then he goes, "You got a girlfriend?" And they go, "Girls are stupid." He's like, "That's <laughs> the darndest. That's the darndest." Um, that kid built a rocket car. Right, exactly. Girls are girls. I have help me out here because I know this is a good um, gallows line. So we find out the dad gets caught with a hooker, and I have a line that says "bum taking offense to choking yeah. on vomit line." I got a fam. I got family here. Yeah, you know? no, it's classic, and it's, it's so unfortunate. I think it it was leading into like. The imagery of Christine's dad with Easy Mary okay. is gross and like, oh, you're going to make me puke and we're talking about sex. Right. And then, of course, it cuts to like, hey, hey, 
I got kids. And it's just like scumbaggy homeless guy in the gallows, like with a bunch of other scumbaggy homeless people. And it's like, watch your language. I, lo- I love that aside. I always loved it. It's it's reminiscent of the, one of my favorite times that tr- that type of joke happens, which is in Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. It's the toothbrushing episode where uh, I forget wh- it, where Ren loses all his teeth because he never brushes him. So he just has these stinky gum holes Stinking and holes, the old stink yeah. lines come out. You see the fly feasting on a pile of shit. Nostril opens. Hey, I'm trying to eat here. Yeah. It's just such a good, one of the all-time greats. Um, so, uh, now, because of who it is, Harry is forcing Christine mm-hmm. to recuse herself from the case. But even yeah. before that can happen, Mac comes in, or it might be Flo. We've discovered that there's a protest, and it's taking place in his office. Yeah. And it's oh, that's the, the segue newest. is... They get into it with Christine, and she's like, "I've had it. I'm going. I'm retiring to my office." Oh yeah, that's right. And she yes. storms out and storms past the scummy homeless guy, and they're like, and Macklin's in, and it's just like, she doesn't have an office, does she? And they're like, no. And then, then it's like, yeah. Then Flo leans in, and is like, "But your office." We find out there's a protest, and it's all the nudists. Holding a nude sit-in in Harry's boudoir. Yes. And then uh, then we cut to commercial and come back, because we're outside Harry's office, and nobody yeah. knows what to do, and <laughs> Harry Harry yeah. has a couple dogs this episode, but like he's just pretty funny, this bit, and he's- Yeah, sure. He's about to go in. He's like, I'll talk him down. I'll get him out. And this this same shot happens a few times. So Harry opens the door and you see some sort of unsavory naked people, but like tastefully covered in the background. But then, yes, you see like a a hot leg and an arm come out and it's the voice of the woman. So Harry is about to he's like, all right, if I'm not back in five minutes, give me 30. Exactly. Tiny question. Now that I'm back, that's perfect timing. How was that less Lothario-esque than anything Dan said the entire episode? No, not Lothario-esque. Uh, incestuous-esque. <laughs> Dan didn't no, say, this, okay. that looks like it's full of my brothers. I'm getting a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, are you in there? <laughs> Yeah, and I, okay, so I get that because we also interpreted that joke differently, but I still think, like, with the new stuff, it's just 80s jokes. No, it's totally, and it's not against, it was just like. I don't think the Harry joke is bad either, by the way. Like, I don't find it offensive. Dan is a repository for the, like, the quote unquote classic scumbag lines, and he just happened to have. All of them this episode. Mm-hmm. Where in the past he's had more charming. But. Uh, possibly agreed. But I guess I. I just think the jokes were lacking on the whole of this episode. So I guess me being and as we all know. Oh, honey, I am a Dan apologist, but. 
I didn't go through this episode being like, oh, I have to apologize for Dan. It, I went through this episode like someone should be apologizing for all these horrible fucking jokes. No, like, and that's the thing. Like, we're going to get into the next part is like Harry goes in. It was it? Yeah. I didn't Directed look. and written. It's a so weekie. Um, he, that's super that's the thing. This episode, Harry's never, quote unquote, in my mind, the horny. He made that joke just as a joke. Yes, whereas Dan totally, totally, this entire episode is bird dogging. Like he's just on the hunt. Explode the entire episode. Yes, which brings you to the next point, the next moment in the yeah in the show where uh, if if Dan's the horn dog, I mean, then Harry is the facilitator in this instance because what happens next is wholly. I yeah. unethical, obviously. It fits yeah. because he just comes out and Dan's chomping at the bit and just he's just steaming. like Can I Harry? And Harry's like, sure. Which is weird a little and, bit. And then Harry gets another good gag because he comes out and he's like, thing about magic is you need your clothes. But oh, is that's that thing not... about sleeves, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but is that not a Harry joke as much as a Dan joke? Like, no, and I'm asking, like I'm not no, but no. I certainly don't think you guys are wrong about Dan in this episode, but I also think like, or were these just really poorly written jokes? No, they are for Dan. In my opinion, the Dan that I liked previously. But also for Harry. Harry was a little cooler this episode-ish. Yeah, okay. He just didn't have a lot of the, but the like, dog lines. Hans just said, Harry came out and made a joke about how he can't get naked because it would ruin his magic, to which we see a hot and horny Dan sitting with like his hands on his leg. Like I keep, he, yeah, I, I keep picturing him like kind of like, like a bull, like about to charge. Like, isn't his foot kind of like scratching at the ground? They just, and that's the thing they gave him, they made him hornier. I think that, I, I mean, that's probably why we have a podcast because I understand what you're saying. I don't think like, oh, that's so stupid, but no, not for a second when I saw that. Is that what I thought? I thought Dan fucking Fielding, aka John Larroquette is on a bench that is like two feet too mm-hmm. small for him. Where the hell is he going to put his fucking hands on his leg? And I think he's just trying with his best for he's what I back. thought. And he, yeah. And you saw when we watched it, mm-hmm. what I yeah. thought minute per minute per minute was a horribly written script. Oh, and no. And a horribly yeah. written episode. So maybe I'm defending Dan more because I'm just like, this has nothing to do with Dan. It has to do with the fact that this episode was a bit of trash. Would this episode be trash? Would I be able to turn my notes around and just see the line, Dan Caesar Slong? <laughs> because that's what happens Hardly open the door and old yeah. dan sees which we he actually has a name old which is Dingus. mr lawler just stands up and says come on in and you know he's just nude with his schlong yeah behind like a radio or something harry's old time radio yeah because my next my my next note is dan enters sex town well, you see him behind the desk, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Dan, we we have a minute. I th- I assume we go to commercial. We do. Because uh, this bo- is why this episode gets a couple more points in my book. Oh, we get a little a little timely reference because Bull comes sauntering back. 
This is my favorite part of the episode. And he 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 brings mine too. Mine too. He brings a, a like a little deli bag to Mac, and he's like, "Mac, I didn't know you're a fan of new Coke." <laughs> 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 Uh, and then Mac's like, no, not really. And then Dan comes hard charging out of old, the old steamy, I got to assume smelly, naked, yeah. hairy office. And then without even a hesitation, Larroquette steams up to Mac and Mac just, boom, hits him in the face with that warm cup of new Coke. And Dan's like, thank you. That made me so, first of all, I love the new Coke I, reference. I love I that love Dan it. just came yeah. out and just said, go. And he throws yeah. in his face. And then I love the fact that I just couldn't help but ruminating on how insane it is to have a warm cup of Coke. No yeah. ice, oh, no God. lid. Bull no, had to like yeah. slowly make his way with this lidless cup of Coke. And then just the feeling. Have you guys, when's the last time you spilled Coca-Cola on yourself? Ugh. No. Okay, so I, I hate Coke like or pop or, or soda, whatever. Um so no, that's why I thought the joke landed so well because yeah. I was just like, oh, the fact. Not yeah. only does that have to sting a little bit, it's sticky, so and it's you're warm. just sticky. So sticky. it's not water. Like I love the commitment to that. Like that, just like because it could have been a glass of water. Of course, it, it should have be been a glass. It should have been a glass of water. But they wanted I mean, a new it, Coke joke because new Coke jokes was, were hot at the moment. It was perfect. Yeah, that I was my it. favorite part of the episode. Yeah, you? easily, easily. <laughs> Harvey thinks new Coke just tastes like Pepsi. I would love to try a new Coke. I'm sure I did at some point yeah. in my life, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Oh, I'm we certain you had. But you didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. It was soda. I drank caffeine-free Diet Dr. Pepper as long as it was soda. It I didn't remember, I speaking of like incestuous unflattering kisses i was like i want to kiss my uncle on the lips when he brought crystal clear pepsi from oh. tampa florida <laughs> of course. and i parceled it out like it was <laughs> like it's the movie dune and it was spice i was like the spice You're no like, you can't save it it's clear and it's crystal it's pepsi and, and the fact is i don't know if people brought like again that's like bringing roseanne back like if they haven't do- done it yet, they're crazy for not doing it. So many old, you know, Gen X stoner boners would be like, well, I'm going to drink it as long as it's well, still like, around. They got at, crystal like, clear dew. It won't hit again, like, because I know, like, old talking with Johnny and, like, all of our nerdy friends on Facebook, like, they brought Surge back. Yes, I know. No one, no one really gives a shit. Like, it didn't well, light it the can. world on fire, which it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. There's no reason that it's no. like, search is back. But whoever's in charge of marketing are fools. They're foolish. They should have, all they'd have to do is play a couple of those, literally the old commercial. Don't even shoot a new commercial. The old commercial was just stupid 90s, like extreme Honestly, sports surge where they just ran through like an obstacle course down a throw hill. Throw a couple shekels at a couple 30 something comedians that were like middling. Like yeah. that's it. That's all it would take. Cut a five hundred dollar check for me, you, Greg Stone, or Anthony, and be like, "Here's five hundred bucks. Make me a surge commercial. You get the greatest surge commercial you ever saw." I mean, somebody either they've given up or they just didn't do the metrics. Like when you bring back something, 
you have to put a little effort into it. Like, like yeah. I always say, I'm like, you have enough kids. Like, we are the generation that never grew up, quote unquote, kind of never but grew up, but now has disposable the- income. So, yes, anything you want to bring back could potentially succeed because we're all like, oh my God, remember Roseanne? Yeah. Roseanne did succeed because they put a fuckload of marketing uh, in Which it. is why Roseanne shouldn't have succeeded because we're going to suffer through yes. surge might get married for the with next children. decade. They're just going to bring back Roseanne's. In, like, oh, God. But you're the one who uh, coined the trademarked Priestalgia. Johnson and Mir, Priestalgia, baby. Yeah, got to yep. pre-sell that Priestalgia. And I can and and the the sad thing is is I mean, it's look, not listen sad. to us ruminate on the like evils of nostalgia as we're in the midst of uh, we're an an hour five into a podcast where we talk about fucking Night Court. Not just Night Court, one episode of Night Court at a time. <laughs> And last week we did last episode we did talk about Roseanne Corner and because we're already an hour five I'll give you the Roseanne thirty seconds it came back had the greatest reviews of primetime television ever I forget D A mm-hmm. Ash told us more than the Super Bowl I will say it was an hour so they had an hour long premiere but were two separate episodes it was nice to see the old characters back it took a while to warm up. There's no reason thus far as I've seen for it to be back. Of course. Yeah. That's it. There's no, never. It's like any other thing where you're like, a new National Lampoon's, that's great. It's like, no, you need to write a new, you need, there's a million people out there legitimately with a million new ideas that need to be produced and um, furnished. But make a, yeah, make a new vacation movie because everybody's gone on vacation. Right, exactly. Like what what's the new thing? We don't need a Griswold. Doesn't matter. Like work Griswold into it. Maybe the name of the car is the Griswold. Like just right. have a, just a little bit for the you know OGs, but then just like make a new movie about going on a vacation with your family because it's always awkward. It's always weird. And that's not to say like there. And the thing is, whenever somebody and it's just not as successful, which is why they don't do that bullshit. Like as even as bad as National Lampoon's was. It was one of those comedies where they always talk about, like, you can't just make the comedies like you made in the 80s because it doesn't turn a profit because you can only make these huge blockbusters because nobody goes to the theater. So it hit that you weird could, middle where yeah. it was one that could actually go. But then when you see when somebody can actually twist an idea like they made that movie, um, what was it, about the the guy from National Lampoon's. He was dead before the vacation, but... It, uh. Mm, you talking about the Netflix or, thing? Yeah, it was a Netflix with yeah. Will Forte. That was an yeah, idea. Yeah. Like, you don't need to remake Caddyshack, but the story underneath Caddyshack was yeah. a million times better, and they did an amazing better than job. Caddyshack at it. ever was, yeah. So, anytime, if you're an executive, and anytime, like, somebody pitches you, like, we need to make a new Roseanne, be like, yeah, but. Maybe we should make a show about that costume designer that was on Roseanne in season three that hung himself or something insane. I don't know. You know what I mean? Make it interesting. Make a make a documentary about or a, a biopic about Pat Combs. All right. Yeah. Well, it's like amazing. we uh, actually it, it was a few months ago. And Ray she was Combs. like, how the fuck have we not talked about the fact that there's a 30 Rock episode that also involves oh, yes, Night yes. Court? 
The reason we haven't talked about it, because it kind of sucks. Right. Like, they don't do it justice. They don't do, it's not Night Courty enough. Yeah, it's just a little taste, just a little tease. So I gotta just go back and tip, watch it still. It's a tip of the hat. Like, I think 30 Rock is very funny. Mm-hmm. And they utilize it well, because the whole, you know, some of the gags are like, it's NBC, so the whole thing is we trot out old people from NBC, but like, in the thick of the night court, we're like, we didn't get enough. We need to make us. We need to write a spec script for married with children. Now that we're on the sitcom little uh, corner oh here, my God. but After we all this we're stuff, only I was like, where's my Al Bundy? We're only allowed to use the parameters and metrics of nineteen nineties married with children, and I want to see. And we'll have a reading of it. We'll have a script read and see how shocked people are at what was acceptable for a primetime sitcom uh, on Fox in the 1990s. There's like an entire episode where the whole uh, point of the episode is to catalog names for... It's bre- It's a restaurant. It's literally <laughs> how to catalog how to say uh, boobs in different languages or something. No, and there's that whole episode in, like, I remember seeing, like, we're such such nerds. So it's like, I remember watching that Fox made documentary about how great (laughs) Married with Children was before their 100th episode. Because they talked to the, I think it was the E! True Hollywood, or it was the own Fox made. Because they talked to the one writer and he was like, yeah, we tread a lot of new ground. When we did the episode, we're the first show to tackle the issues about women w- having periods. Oh, my God. Of course. So we do the episode where Al and Bud take the ladies out to the woods. And you know the thing about a period is they get on the same cycle. So Peg and Kelly. And like, so the whole episode is just the all the women in the show are camping. They all have their period at the same time. And then a bear attacks. <laughs> And of course, the other, they're like, we're really breaking new ground, but it's totally like Bundy going, oh, pig. Like, it's all <laughs> shitty, showy jokes about being on fucking period. I'm sure it's being, so Being awful. on, quote unquote, the rag. Like, exactly. So it was yes. like, were we really pushing new ground or were you guys just the scumbag channel? Right. Because that's why Fox was so good. It was fucking just Fox the scumbums. was so much garbage. It was it was just like the dregs, but it was also like it, oddly enough, it, it's a weird dynamic early Fox because politically you're like, all right, they were. It's weird. It's horrible actually because they're like only one network will is is willing to go hard and racy sure. to get the ratings just straight for boobs and vulgarity and stuff. But then also they were the only network to take a chance on African-American-run primetime television, which is fucked up. Because essentially what that says is that primetime television prior to that equated black-run television with, like, vulgarity. Thesis time, baby. Thesis. And no, also, it's true, though. But, like, think about all of the African-American-centric TV shows. They were all spinoffs of... Shows run by fucking white dudes. The guy that made All in the Family. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jefferson, is that what you're talking about? So he was like, yeah. I've, and then uh, Good Times. Like, he was like, ah, there's a hole in the market. I'll mm-hmm. I'll just cast these people and a bunch of white guys will write it. 
And then it took, however, what, 30 years later for Rock Keenan Live. Ivory Waynes? Yeah. In Living Color. That that was, that show was great. It doesn't hold oh, no. up yeah, so always. much, but at no, the time, but... it, I mean, I was sure I would, I, I didn't always tune into Mad TV, which was Fox 2, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, boy. Which I think no, is but that's still the thing, on, like... by the way. Oh, God, if only. <laughs> they need a packet, I'm going to send them a packet. You might get in. <laughs> Just write down no, Artie like, Lang as a reference. You won't remember. Was that the last, like, primetime, other than Dana Carvey show, like, sketch variety show? Ooh, that's a great question. On primetime? Because it got canceled because they, it was the highest rated show on television. What was? On all of, in living color for its time slot. Really? And then they d- they did one of those, which became sort of the like of the time that '90s sort of the halftime show bit. In Living Color, did a specific like it's halftime of the Super Bowl. Tune into In Living Color. We're doing our own like mini sode that yeah. runs the length, and it was just classic In Living Color. It was a little bit racier. I yeah. think they did a Rodney King bit. Nice and. They the show then disappeared because it got so much attention and people were so they got were just offended. But that was the show. Yeah, of course. Huh. So then the show got skunked and then you know got moved around and then disappeared. It is also weird that the most successful person on what one could argue is the most successful black comedy, at least for that era. Well, it was Jim Carrey. I, 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 that wasn't fair because there was also a Bill Cosby show, but it doesn't have to be. It's it's weird that Jim Carrey, but I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't named. (laughs) Jamie Foxx was on it. Like so many amazing people were on that show. No, sure. Yeah. Like look at the sheer amount of talent that came out of one show. He got, he got Keenan Ivory. He's a behind-the-scenes man? He's he's on Mars now with Musk. I bet he's got Musk money. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I bet oh, he's got a Tesla. With oh, a little... Sure. With a little... Uh, uh, handyman <laughs> figurine? Wait, a little yeah. Funko handyman figure? Yeah, so the handyman bumper sticker, but also wasn't one of their shows like a potato head detective? He's got that as a little... Oh, hood God, ornament. that's right. That was his. That was him. Oh, yeah. Well, Dayton, no, that was him holding his brother as the head. Oh, right, yeah. He was Butman, though, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was Butman. He had his own show. He had his own Keenan Ivory Wayans, the show. I, I, I pretty much only know that because in the Mr. Show book, there's just a, a giant blown-up picture of David Cross pretending to take a shit on the <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayans show sign. <laughs> Which is unjustified, I'll say. Right, um, yeah. Comedy's comedy. Speaking of unjustified, uh, yeah, well, let's time see. to bring it home, baby. Bring, yeah, let's just bring this baby home. Um, so I we forget. are gonna. So re, <laughs> let's see if we can synopsis this baby. We yeah. Dan comes out. He gets the new coke in his face. We cut yeah. to the we cut to the tombs where mm. Christine is wants to know why her dad went yeah. out with a hooker, and he's stonewalls her. He just says, "You know yeah. what? I tell you everything. I, don't gotta I love you." This ain't your business. What's going on? So she's upset. She leaves. Come back into court. And then 
you know, it's about to be uh, judgment time, not judgment time or case time. And then old Bridget Nielsen, sexy woman from mm-hmm. the future comes in and she goes, yeah. How dare you? How could you? How could you? And we find yeah. out that he st- this is such a belabored story. I get where yes. they were going for it, mm-hmm. but there had to be an easier way. Like it still it could have been a song, but it doesn't matter. So he we find out that he left because like Pavlov's <laughs> yeah, dog, yeah. he hears glasses clinking at a bar and thinks about his past wife. And so he leaves and has to go for a walk. He can't go through it if he's not ready. Meets a hooker at a diner, Easy Mary Costanza's mom. Mm -hmm. They have brisket. And then there's no explanation, seriously, for why they're arrested. Unless they're Mm -hmm. literally going to go have sex for money. That's nothing. There's no reason for them to get arrested, right? You can't arrest someone for walking next to a known prostitute. Right. You can get arrested if a known prostitute is giving you a blowjob in a 24-hour diner. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I think he there was, was more impropriety in the bathroom. Than, yes. And they're like, hey, 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 I saw a guy in a tuxedo in here. <laughs> right, exactly. So there's more to it, but they don't get into it. He's forgiven by the woman, they, by he, his daughter. Did we? Did you cover the reason he was with Easy Mary? They went to high school together. They were high school friends. So I think he he was carrying a torch for her or vice versa. They cozy up to each other. He had a date with Brigitte Nielsen. He blew it off and was like, well, oh, easy Mary. I think he Already was took in Korea a or something and has like a <laughs> disorder because he left his date to go find Costanza's mom. <laughs> For a back alley Taiwanese BJ. And this is 80s New York, so this is like the stories you hear about the fucking 7th Avenue prostitutes, like a meatpacking <laughs> yeah, exactly. district. Like, this lady is like a strap of leather. She's just <laughs> rough. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fight some serious, serious knife wielders to get to a like, hooker she'll on just steal Avenue. your wallet and sell you to a pimp if you're not easy. <laughs> right, like, exactly. You leave the door open with those 7th Avenue hookers. <laughs> which is why he got arrested, because he was... Uh, to which, it ha- one of my favorite flow jokes as the dad is belaboring the point of why he ditched the hot babe. Yeah. He comes to a close with his sappy bullshit, and Flo just <laughs> goes, yes. Can I get a Tums? Anybody got any Tums? Which I was like, is great. Because she over-explains it and was like, it gives me heartburn. But I was like, yeah, this is gross. I agree, Flo. Yeah. Like, just yeah. can this I get a thumbs? So stupid. This guy should be arrested. Um, charges dropped? Because, right? Do they even bother? I think Harry just gives him a pass. Yeah. I think he's getting a slap on the wrist. Because Harry makes a joke like, don't go too far. Like, he's going to sleep it off in the in the tombs. But then I think he's free to go. Oh, so we don't know. It, there is a reveal after that because Christine's like, well, what about the hooker? And she's just like, we went to high school together. Yeah. She was she was in the high school yearbook, most likely two. That's two it. what? Right. Whatever. To give some old man a blumpy in a, <laughs> in a back alley <laughs> boiler room. Um Let's see. So then, boom, we come on back. Yeah. It's time for the Coldy tag, and it's yeah. classic. 
Harry walking into his office and who's waiting for him? But Mr. Lawler stands up, yeah, plays the national anthem, and puts two yeah. fingers to his brow. Yeah, because right before they walked in, it was just that sort of clown car oh, yes, trail sorry. of people in ill-fitting clothes. And Harry's like, thanks, thanks, goodbye, thanks, thanks. Barn door's open. Oh, that's right. Which means and they go just, in. There's nothing like a barn door open with no yeah. underwear. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Dick's God. hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Next to your zipper. <laughs> so, yeah, Harry goes in, and then the uh, guy from Sopranos is like, I'm sticking to my protest. I ain't leaving until the movie's over. Cue dated reference because it doesn't happen anymore, but what used to happen on network television is once it hits. Okay, yeah. Once you hit, like, I forget, midnight, one o'clock. I believe it's 2 a.m. 2 a.m., it would stop. And you get the holding pad. They'd play the national anthem, and then you get the holding pattern, and you would get no TV signals again until the morning. Do you think that, like, we should research that. Like, that's bizarre. Like, do you think they did that because the only people still up at 2 a.m. was like were like veterans suffering from PTSD or something like I that? I think it was maybe, and like we should we should honestly do the research. Um, do you think, think it just it happened later and later? Because it was live. Everything was live. You were paying people to run cameras. You were paying people to oh. stand in front of things. People had to be, I could be wrong. Yeah. But I felt like it was literally like, okay, we run the movie, we lock up the station until the next day. I don't know why you'd have to have, maybe it was sort of like a, sort of like old, sort of puritanical, like, well, no one, no God worshiping individual be up past 2 a.m. Right, right. I gotcha. Or maybe just like no one was paying for it. Like, literally, like, no one would pay for that advertising dollar. So they're like, fuck it. Why would we pay to broadcast for free? Right. Which then became, as there were more people watching, it was like, fuck it, we'll definitely broadcast for free. Yeah. Somebody cracked that. Again, that's interesting, too. Who was the first person to realize, Because that's what you think. Instead of a holding pattern, infomercial. Like, you and I, this is going back to us as kids and people who are listening. Like, most of the time it was Comedy Central. Like after nine o'clock, it was all sex line commercials and psychics. You don't have to be alone tonight. Well, yeah, <laughs> call me. That is right, and then they play like PCU. Yes, and then you would watch like, and it was all this the same market, the same business, the same uh-huh. three ads like Girls Gone Wild, oh, Sex yes. Chat, and like. Call me now. I'm the psychic. Call me now. Oh, yeah, the racist psychic. Dion, the Caribbean woman. No, there was Dion Warwick who wasn't a psychic but knew psychics, but then you're yeah. right. There was just and a And then straight there was like, like Lady Clarice, which yeah. is the call me now. I wish I had called. I did call some of those That's sex true. lines, though. That's where all my confirmation money went. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. oh yeah. Right. So let's uh, gavel bang it. Let's let's gavel bang this guy's rock hard dong. Yeah, that's all I have. Barn doors open. I had a a joke where the blonde, when she walked out, she was like, "Thanks, Dan. Yes, you taught me place. a new workout. You made me jog in place for two hours or whatever." Which smells still and horny. I don't care how good looking you are. It's 
that's hey, I agree. Psychotic. It's like it's just watching a, a curvaceous woman jump up and down for like it's speaking too much. of it's girls, girls gone, gone wild. wild. It's just it's the same thing. It's yeah, like, I girls eh, gone wild had a couple. They weren't spinoffs, but they were movies. One was the do the Macarena naked, <laughs> naked bowling, and naked pile yeah, run. And naked so. Mile so we rented Fucking all three of them, me run. and my friend Adam. Naked Bowling was a production where it was like we hired models. And these were all under the same production company. And this you remember in the 80s, every once in a while, a production company is like, just sneak something else in there. So yeah. Naked Bowling. All right, you hire models. You have them literally bowl all the frames. They're naked. But it's yeah. still like, you know, it's not like you see everything even though they're naked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then yeah. Naked Macarena legitimately hired models doing the Macarena. They don't, they don't scumbag you? You just nope. get you get what you paid for. Just get what you paid for. But No then naked you chicken rent... dance, no, no naked no, Cupid no, truffle. Just the Macarena. You rent for like an hour, though. I don't know how they, you know, maybe they show you different moves. But then there's <laughs> the one they sneak in is Naked Mile Run. And you, <laughs> what do you expect? Run. All right, we're going to watch models <laughs> run, run for... a mile naked, of course. I've seen, I know this premise. But it's I'm not. twelve. I know what I like. It just cuts to found footage of a bunch of grossy liberal arts <laughs> college students doing like a naked protest run. Ninety eight percent of them are guys. <laughs> all of them like, are unkempt because that's what normal <laughs> naked people look like. It's and they're all, running like, out in the cold in like Michigan. <laughs> it's all Lena Dunham's. Like, yes. The... <laughs> but like same same intro like. Boom, da ding, da doom, naked, <laughs> like, and then they just like literally cuts. You know, you you see hear the oh outdoor God. footage, so you have the wind. Like the audio isn't there. It's just like like I shot like we used to shoot Travis's track meets or something. <laughs> <sighs> oh my God! Yeah, totally. Because I can put myself in that mindset, and you're like, Ooh, okay, I got. I have the family room. Everybody's gone for twenty minutes. I'm watching Naked Mile. You got your everything all set up and you're good to go. It's like, no, it's gross. It's so gross. All right, so let's make a gavel done, bang it. Let's make a gavel bang this. Um, I know Ashley's going to be low. I'm trying to. I wonder how low she'll be. Yeah, I know. Like, what's the bottom? I will say. I did not love this episode. I'm gonna give it. What's the lowest I ever gave a four? That could be. That sounds. I'll say that five. Nicely low. Yeah. Like I'll give it a five. Okay, that's fair. Right in the middle. Uh, we had a bunch of weird bits. We got to see George Costanza's mom as a hooker. I'm gonna give it a five with you. I'm right in the yeah. middle. I don't want Ashley to sway me, but I want you to tell Ash if she's in the room that Hans just gavel banged at a ten. Okay. Okay. Shit, she gave it a 1.5. To my 10? To Hans's 10? <laughs> Out of spite, oh, I'm changing it to a 10. <laughs> he didn't, he was like, just tell her I gave it a 10. <laughs> she woke up the baby, she was screaming so loud. I gave it a 10, and I give Dan up, uh, loves his brother. <laughs> uh, we both gave it a five. 
She's not a fan of us. She gave us a, a one and a half for our five. Just for giving it a five? Holy smokes. <laughs> She's apologizing Sometimes they don't for... hit you. Sometimes they don't hit you. Last they time, I, last you. episode I watched, I had the flu. Maybe dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a 1.5, which is the new seller. That's that as is low the as new low. That's for we've sure. ever had. I hate to uh, see that episode. That's going to be a zero. I doubt Ashley better batten down the hatches because I just Ooh. saw on the the shuffle. I don't know what the next one is, but the one after that's a Halloween episode. Yes. And the screenshot is just uh, horny Christine in a sexy witch outfit. I love it. Love it. Halloween. Love it. So. We got that. I thought this one was to. bad. All right. Well, the I get, the night is long and. Full of weirdos. And those weirdos have super gonorrhea. Super gonorrhea, and that looks like George Costanza's mom. Giving a blowjob. <laughs> Under a table for a ham steak. Oh, you know she eats hams. <laughs> Easter, ham. Easter hams. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> Put some pants on. There it was. Jeez, it should have ended the, the gruff talk after the impression. But, well, you can gavel bang this one a 1.5 as well. 1.5 on the conclusion promo gavel bang. If you liked what you heard and you're not a turd. <laughs> like the guy that refused to even comment on it um go back and listen to other episodes keep watching the actual episodes of night court and come back and join us again uh you can also check out our other podcast jerk practice also on itunes and our facebook page at jerk practice podcast can you see the slum that and we got some prostitution and some soliciting of a prostitute. And as the prostitute... Tonight, starring Mary Jackowitz, <laughs> alias Easy Mary. Hi, Easy. Oh, pleased to meet you. The pleasure's all mine. Oh, it could be. <laughs> Not for all the tea. And charged with patronizing a prostitute, Jack Sullivan, alias, alias Christine's father. <laughs>